Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as pastors Michael and Jahan speak on the first week of Vision Month. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets me every time y'all do that. I'm like, wait a minute. It's so, there's honor. It's awesome. You don't want this, huh? I'll put this over here. Kyle will use it. Oh, don't say that. Um, what? Is that a fat joke? She said, what if we break this couch? I know she meant because I'm on it, not because she's on it. Um, before we jump into... What I want to share today, I'm hoping I don't have to use this computer in my lap, but I may have to. Um, It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be just fine. Before we jump into that, though, I want to introduce someone to you, make an announcement slash introduction. Um, Very exciting. We've been praying for years for this thing to come about. Um, We felt it was a very crucial part of one of our next steps into what God would have for us, and that is bringing on a Connections pastor, someone who would pastor the connections of our church and really oversee um, life groups and integrating guests and all of that stuff, just giving that We've just, we've put that on Jennifer Bean, our administrator, and she's done a phenomenal job with that and everything else that is on her plate, and, uh, but we just want to, um, we're trying to spread things around to prepare for what God is doing, amen? So, we want someone that just gives connections in our church, their undivided attention, and is just so focused on that. And just so happens, a couple of years ago, God sent a young lady here and her family, and a phenomenal family that we're so blessed to have. And then last summer, um, just doors opened, and she went to an internship in Texas and interned uh, under... Connections, a connections pastor, learning connections. And uh, this young lady is incredibly gifted, not only to oversee this, she is um, strong, she is clear, she is serious, she is fun, 
she is competent, and she is a daughter. And she loves people very, very well, and uh, she is excellent. That would be a huge qualification uh, to be on staff is to have a spirit of excellence, and she does, and you will see that more and more as she comes, as she begins to do things. Today is a meeting for uh, the life group leaders of this next coming semester. I know you guys have been contacted by her because she is excellent in communication, and so you guys will meet with her today. And uh, so I just want you guys to welcome Jaslaine Atkinson. Andrew, come on up with her. Yeah. I know. I changed up my mind. She said, is Andrew coming with me? I was like, ah, oh, nah. And then I changed her mind. So he would have fixed his hair and stuff if he had known he was coming up. Um, this couple just got married a few months ago. And um, this is how committed they are. They're on a getaway this weekend. Isn't this a wonderful getaway? So they drove back today an hour to be here, and then they're going back to their getaway, and they're uh, skipping her first staff meeting tomorrow, but that's okay. It's no big deal. It's all right. Uh, no, they had this pre-planned, but you're going to get to see Jocelyn a lot. Andrew is amazing, adorable, awesome man that has a heart of gold, which is necessary. You can't have um, someone pastoring people if their spouse is not on board, Right? And so I'm so thankful, so thankful for this couple. Do you want to say anything? No? I said it all. We love you. We're excited. And so this is our Connections Pastor, Jocelyn Atkinson and Andrew. Awesome. Thank you. Did you want to say something? Do you want to preach, preacher? She's got a little preach in her, too, so. Late it was. <laughs> you heard me whisper, and then you didn't hear me when I was trying to talk. But, so, awesome. We've got another very special guest we're going to announce in just a little while, but we're going to jump in, hopefully not bore you today, um, but just, I, I was sitting in our house um, a few weeks ago, and I've been contemplating the upcoming semester, Vision Month, and Jahan, um, Jahan used to play the piano at home just all the time in worship, and we, I would just go and lay on the floor, and when she'd start playing, just stop everything, go lay on the floor, my kids would start to do that and just be aware, and then the, the, in the transition and the renovations, the piano's been stored and all these things, and so we've got it back at the house, and the other day, she started playing, and I just, I went and sat down at the table right next to where she was playing, and I look up a few minutes later, and like, four of the kids are just sitting around the table, and we're just all just sitting there, and I was like, this is vision month. This is what we're going to do. So I just want to say, like, 
if you could do what we did today every week, you're in the right place. If it has to be more, you may not be. People get so mad at me when I say things like that. Um, <laughs> as one time I, I, I said, you know, every living thing has to take in and has to release, right? And so we, we're not afraid to release and bless, right? Uh, everyone is not the same. I've, I've adopted a saying. It's not a new saying, but over the last year, it's just taken root in me. It takes all kinds, you know, when I get on the phone with folks in customer service, I just have to say it takes all kinds. <laughs> you know, mosquitoes have their place, you know. <laughs> all the <laughs> telemarketers, if you're a telemarketer, bless you, you have your place. I don't know what it is, but the Lord knows that, that it takes all kinds to make this thing happen. There's people that marry people, and I'm like, takes all kinds. You know, they needed somebody to marry You're them. You're rough around the edges. I'm rough around the edges? Yeah. I guess I'm, a, I'm sitting down. It makes me a little more comfortable. You're talking like I would normally talk. So, I, I, I just, oh, and, and so I made that comment one time, and I, I kid you not, seven different people, families, came up to me after service. I think we're supposed to leave. <laughs> what? I, I was just kidding, you know. <laughs> but they did, didn't they? Yeah. So it happens. It happens. I don't want anybody to leave, but I don't want anybody miserable either. And I don't want anybody to make me miserable either. <laughs> That's what happens when you keep trying to force that square peg in that round hole, right? And... Um, some folks want a different culture, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled to death just right here like this. That's what God had to do in me. And so no matter how big, no matter how much we do in the kingdom, I hope we never get to where this is uncomfortable and this is not life-giving and where we want to spend all of our days. And so, um, we just want to kind of walk you through a little bit of history. I really wanted to bring our couch from home because it's a couch from a home with nine kids and two dogs. And it's more like us, okay? They had a shower here yesterday, and a friend of ours put the shower on, and he actually has a company that... Uh, facilitates these type of extravagant things for parties. So, you know, and he's like, do you need this stuff? It was pouring down rain. We were going to have to bring ours in the rain. And uh, we were going to bring Jahan's piano and all those things. And I was like, you know what? Let's just use that couch and that chair. But it is very formal. It's, I think you find this in Queen Elizabeth's house. <laughs> Not the Cox house. Um, let me, uh, let me just start. You want to start? Let me start. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready? Why don't you start? Two weeks before we got married. 
Great. We're going to fly through this. We're going to tell you about nine kids. No. We're going to tell you our whole story. Nope. No, we're not. Hope you don't have lunch plans. Yes, you do. And we do, too. No, Everyone take a deep breath. I seriously felt the panic in the room. You can't do things like that to people. I'd have nine people. I feel like we're supposed to leave. (laughs) Like like right now. (laughs) Lord just spoke. We are a family, and we always want this to be a family. It's really important that we maintain family. Amen? This isn't a place to come and us do a thing, and you receive a thing, and us not leave transformed. Or I'm not in it for that. Amen? The stage is the worst thing that's ever happened to church, to the coming together of believers. The stage is the worst thing that's ever happened. It infects with religion, and it causes there to be a disconnect on the doers and the non-doers, and Mm -hmm. then there's a striving to be the ones on the stage, and it's just a different seat, and it's just an assignment in that season. It's not a hierarchical thing, and so with growth comes a need to elevate people that are speaking just by inches, not by status, so that we can see you and you can see us, right? That's all this is. If I sat on the floor right now, you wouldn't be able to see me at all, and it would be really difficult for us to have a conversation. Stages should only facilitate better interaction and conversations. They should not um, implement disconnection. That's the worst thing that's happened. Amen. That was a side note. It's not in the notes no. you wrote for me. Re- I didn't write Go all ahead. your notes. <laughs> I'm going to, can I just take this? Boom. And and then we'll, we'll just Boom. move on past Boom. it? Okay, great. Buckle up. So, we got married in 2002, but two weeks before we got married, we were at a conference and a convention type thing for the Church of God collectively. And Michael and I knew when we met and when we chose each other for marriage that we would do ministry, that we were called to ministry. That was a um, pretty known between the two of us. But we are two weeks before our wedding, and we're in this service, and this guy gets up. Um, his name is Michael Knight, and he starts talking about um, church planting. And he's up there telling deeply compelling stories and he made it sound like a lot of fun. It's not, but he told some really great stories, <laughs> and um, without us discussing anything, both of us in that moment felt like the Lord spoke to both of us and said, you're going to plant a church one day. And so, fast forward, you know, after the service is over or whatnot, we're talking about the service. Actually, I think he made a call for an altar call to come down, and we both kind of looked at each other and stood up, and we knew And um, I said last night, but the Lord knew we didn't have faith for that, so that's not what we did immediately. (laughs) And that's true, but also, we had no idea what that looked like. Uh, We didn't even understand the call, really. We just knew it was from the Lord, and we had a yes for it. But we got married, and we, I went back to school, and Michael went to Chick-fil-A, and that was fun, and then uh, six months in, we took our first position, 
And over the course of what we're going to call this morning the first 10 years, we served in four different houses, and we learned from them things that we loved about the body and things that we wished we could do differently. We served incredible leaders who taught us a lot of what to do and what not to do. And we had the great honor to serve with some, I mean, some really incredible leaders. And, and we served in some successful places that, you know, ran numbers like seven and 800 and 1,000. And so we had kind of got to this place where we were at the top of what we currently knew what to do at the same time knowing this can't be it. There's got to be more. Like, there's something more in us. But for that to happen would take a huge leap of no more money <laughs> and start something that we don't even know what it looks like. But um, we did that for 10 years. We were in Knoxville for three years. We were in Chattanooga for a year and a half, which felt like five. And then we were in Sevierville for about four years before we came back here. I think what you said is <coughs> very scriptural and the heart of God. You look at the children of Israel, there was a quicker way to the promised land. But scripture says the Lord did not lead them that way because he knew they they would faint. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think the Lord knew we would faint and not be able to go through. Um, so there was this 10 years, and I, I, I said last night as we were discussing um, – not one of these houses that we served in would I say this is exactly what we want to be. And not one of them would I would say this is exactly what we want to make sure we're not. Every house had things that we want to see and things that we don't want to see. Um, that's just the way that it was. And so that was 10 years. And the reason why we're talking about 10 years, we just really felt oil on a few weeks ago Clem Ferris was here, a prophetic voice, and he talked about decades, and he was laying out the next two decades. And then as we look back, and we just see that there's really been a pattern of decades, which we think really shapes um, kind of where we've been and where we're going and really puts into some context um, some, some goals and some reflection. And so 10 years was, uh, I believe, just preparation um, for planting, and then there's 10 years of planting, and uh, if you want to go a journey real quick, I tried to limit it, um, but we started in a living room, we left our full-time um, youth pastor and then worship pastor, and we came to Powell, and um, what's crazy is Padre who's with us now, he's in Montana for his grandson's wedding, but he has been a voice for so long in our lives, and we literally were in a U-Haul moving from Sevierville, Tennessee to Knoxville, Tennessee, and he called us and said, I see you guys in a U-Haul truck. And the Lord just wants me to tell you, you're moving in the right direction. Isn't that crazy? We really, really needed to hear that. We needed to hear it. 
because we weren't sure if we were losing our mind or if we were doing the right thing. So I drove a school bus and mowed yards. My goal was $100 a day. I would try to hustle, make $100 a day. That was my goal. And how many kids we had? We were giving birth to the fourth. We were pregnant with the fourth. When we moved here, we were giving birth to the fifth when we planted. Because we were here with your dad for a year. It was awesome. And so the Lord sustained us. I know for two years in a row, um, we made $10,000. $10,000 with five kids. And that's not a pity story because we were great. But it just came from God just sustaining us. It was manna. And um, so it was an awesome time. We've already taken longer on these first few points than we planned on. I think it's because you you started. Um, <laughs> so we so we had this plan of what we wanted to do, what we wanted to see, what we wanted to build. Um, and anybody ever heard the saying, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." Is everybody anybody ever heard that? Am I the only one that's heard that? You have a plan until you like. You, you know, boxers, they have a scheme, they have a plan. Nobody's heard that. Nobody in this building has heard that. Oh, my goodness. What are, where am I raised? Mike Tyson say that? So you have a plan, you have a scheme, you have a strategy, and then you get punched in the mouth, and it's like, I'm just trying to stand up. You know? <laughs> I, I thought I had a strategy. And so to me, that really embodies um, church planting. You know, you have a plan, and then you get punched in the mouth. And um, and it's a beautiful punch in the mouth. It's it's a wonderful punch in the mouth. The Lord is so kind in that He allows things to happen so that it will um, transform you in what you need to be. But so we started in the living room. You guys just I'm going to go as quick as I can through this real quick. I just thought it'd be cool. I thought y'all might want to see this. I don't know if you even can. We need bigger screens. This is. A vacuum cleaner sales building. So after our living room, in April of 2012, we started on Easter Sunday. Actually, on Easter Sunday, we had an outreach. But we came back the next Sunday, and we had church in this vacuum cleaner sales building. Go on to the next one. This is uh, the carnival. We had this carnival on Easter Sunday just to launch out into the community and to let people know who we were, keep going, get going. Did I really put three pictures of blow-ups? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Keep going. All right, this is the room that we converted. We would hang those curtains up to cover all of the vacuum cleaner sales propaganda uh, on a weekly basis. So every, every Saturday or Sunday morning, we'd come in and put all these curtains up, hang TVs, hang speakers from scratch every Sunday morning. And we would use um, about seven of those chairs. But we had faith. (laughs) But we'd use about seven of those chairs. You can keep going. He's not exaggerating. Yeah. This is when Jahan was standing at that keyboard, and she played maybe two songs, and then she nodded at me. And I was like, no. 
Let's keep going. I don't want to come up there yet. It's, it's, it's very scary and hard. And, and she's like, no, I'm done. Come on. And I was like, no. And she just hit the keys and walked off <laughs> and went and sat down. And I had to go up in that scary, scary place with those seven people looking at me. And it was so awkward. Keep going. So this, was a, this is where they stored their vacuum cleaners. And so we made these walls and folded them out. And this is where they had kids' church in this little closet. And... It was all, it was great. Keep going. This was, oh, that's Megan with the kids. Uh, that was our kids' church right there. My kids and two other families' kids. All right, you can keep going. This is the nursery. This was the lobby of the vacuum cleaner sales place. And keep going. And I think this was the, the owner's office. And we pushed his desk out of the way and make it our older nursery, all right? Keep going. Okay, so then we call that year... A mulligan. A mulligan year. Everybody gets a mulligan, right? And so what happened is um, I really felt like we had to obey and we had to step out, but uh, we didn't have to be successful. Because if we were successful, then... At the time, there was a lot of things that were swirling about who we were and what our intentions were, and I didn't want to prove those things correct, so I really didn't want to do a great job and make other people think I was trying to build a church that was going to affect or hurt their church. So we just willed ourselves to fail. Isn't that awesome? We just went and obeyed, but like, Lord, you can make me do it, but you can't make me do it good. Well... Anyways, and uh, so we went to this little business center after a year. We actually went outside of Powell to make sure we weren't in Powell at that vacuum cleaner sales place. Called the Powell, but we wanted to make sure we weren't in Powell so that it wouldn't appear that we were competing in Powell. Yeah. So we went, we moved back into Powell a year later. Keep going, guys. So this was uh, Quality Pools little room that they had. You can keep going quicker. And these are just, I don't know why I put all these pictures either. My goodness. I was sentimental, man. I was trying to narrow it down. And this was the, this is our kids' church. And you can keep going. It's signed the lease. How, isn't that sentimental? That's so sweet. All right, you can keep going. We put a sign up. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. And it lit up. And keep going. <laughs> That's our nursery. It's 10 by 10. We built a 10 by 10 room to put babies in. It was great, right off the sanctuary. And so we got it cleaned up, painted, keep going. Yes, you can keep going. My goodness, what's wrong with me? Keep going. This is the, this is the kids' church now. 25 kids we can fit in that little room. Keep going. There's the other side of it, in case you needed to see that. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, borrowed a stage from somebody, and there was Redemption Life Church, right there. Awesome, keep going. 44 chairs. 
We can fit 44 chairs at Redemption Life Church. Keep going. That was our awesome band. That is Rudy on the drums. Look at him. What a wee child. <laughs> That's Chloe standing over there on the far left. She does have different colors of hair often. Uh, and Paul there with his head down. He's just lost in the glory. That's Matt. That's um, Rudy's brother. Uh, he was hanging out with us for a long time. All right, keep going. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Chloe's red hair. See, I told you. Yeah, just you just keep going, and she'll keep changing her hair. You can keep going. That was we we did such a great job with kids in that building. We had things every Wednesday night. Keep going. You can keep going. And then we moved to Powell High School. Powell High School uh, in Easter. Of what? 2015. 2015. We moved to Powell High School. You can keep going. We had 75 to 100 people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> this is my ambition right here. <laughs> 75 to 100 people, and we start renting Powell High School. Nice. We took ropes and blocked off. Every section except the center section. I mean, we couldn't fit with 44 seats in kids' church, but so we go into Powell High School. You keep going. I mean, it was so much set up. We had to build classrooms every week. We bought portable walls. You keep going. That was our first service in Powell High School. Wow. Yep, keep going. Look at that killer band there. Keep going. And that was our Easter carnival on Easter Sunday, our first service there. Keep going. All right, so our streak at the high school lasted three months. Three months. Three of the worst months of my entire life. Because somehow, for the 10 years of preparation and God burning out uh, ambition and striving and wanting to be successful and cultivating and um, oh, defining and filtering my heart, somehow it crept back in. And while we were in that school, I'd never counted people before, but I was counting everybody who would come because it was so disheartening to have 500-something chairs. And it just magnified our lack of success. Never counted money before. Never cared what money came in. Never even thought about the money before. I started wanting to know how much the offering was as soon as service was over so I could see if we were going to be able to pay for the school. And it became such a nasty, nasty place. So we got up on July the 5th after we started on April the 5th. And I said, this is our last Sunday. And next week, I'll be at my house at 1030 in the morning. 
if anybody wants to come to my house, we're going to worship. And this is who came to my house. From 100 people to this. But I was free. I was free. That three months almost devastated my marriage, my relationship with my children, made me miserable. And uh, it's so funny. I was talking to Jahan last night, and I was looking for a picture of us in the living room. And right after this picture, I saw us at Whitestone, Jahan and I. And who was it? Ezra was conceived at Whitestone. And so, since I left the high school, I got a Ezra. I got a wife on a getaway, which wouldn't have happened while I was there. But this lasted like seven months in the living room until genuinely I didn't care if I ever stood on a stage again. I didn't care if I ever was successful uh, the way that people had said I would be successful and what they said Jahan and I would do. We genuinely had to get to a place where it didn't matter, and I was just happy to be. I heard a sermon about Noah in this season, and he took his family. Lots of people perished, but... His family was all saved. And I decided I don't care how many people I save if I lose my family. So we just doubled down on our family and said we're going to focus. And just God just recaptured our hearts. So today is just a picture of what we hope to do just, just all the time. It's a place we never grow out of. We never get past. We have to come back to the heart of worship, where it's all about him. It's all about him. So we came, you can go again, and that's us. And it's awesome. I think there's one more from this season. They're just, that was it. And never been more free. We had been striving for four years and um, in this process, when was together? 15. I, I knew it was. In this process, in this season, um, I took a trip to Miami, visited with a pastor down there when I was just like, what am I going to do? And just such a life-giving trip. Travis Johnson was down there and just saw what he had done with a renovated um, oil change, a Napa oil change center, and they had made it this amazing, thriving church that looked nothing like what I thought everything had to look like, and uh, just just filled my heart with vision. At the same time, just really got connected with an organization called Far Flung Tin Can. You're going to hear more about that. They're changing lives all over the world, and it was such an inspiration while we felt like we were doing nothing, that we could be connected to something that was impacting the world. And God just, just softly and gently and powerfully just encouraged us and strengthened us and, and just filled us with vision 
And, and, and so I came back from Miami, and I just had this passion to get like a square brick building that looks nothing like a church. That's just so far outside of the norm. And do you have that? And that's what I found. This thing was so ugly and run down. And this was a karaoke bar, and it was a, it was a drug haven. Anyways, and so we came in to this. You can go. Um, this was the bar. This ended up being our sanctuary right here where the, the bar was. We keep going. And... Uh, we had a little relaunch meeting. You can go. You can just keep going. Had a little relaunch meeting, handful of people, and uh, people caught the vision, got passionate about what we wanted to do in the community of Powell. Uh, you can see the dartboards, CDs on the wall. Keep going. And, uh, and the rest is history. So, no, the rest isn't history. We got a few more things. But... So we renovated the space, and that's where we had church for. There it is, 2018. And uh, somehow, I don't know the exact numbers, we fit close to 200 people in the, in the part that's outside those double doors. We had like 30 or 40 chairs out there in an overflow, and they'd watch it on TV. And then we had the part next door where we had kids' church, and obviously, if you think it's packed, you can, I mean, that was really packed. And you keep going. And that's just another shot of a service there. Keep going. Easter. I really thought I deleted that one. Keep going. <laughs> this is our first service up here. 2018. And, um. Can I insert you? Yeah, please. <laughs> I feel like I'm on rabbit trail. Keep going. You're not on a rabbit trail. Um, so we we mentioned earlier that w the places we had been revealed to us that there was something more we wanted to do. What we discovered was that um, when we started planting, all that was in our heart to do required us to be people that we weren't yet. Does that make sense? And so uh, I would say from 2012 to 2018 was really, it looked like, if I'm a prophetic picture person, it looked like a baby tree being planted. And, um, you know, a baby tree needs to be staked into the ground because it's so fragile and it needs to protect it, the stem from weather and all that. And... Um, we found that <laughs> the presence of God was kind of like our stakes in the ground. Um, we tried lots of things, did lots of things, you know, tried the marketing, tried all the things. But at the end of the day, it really was just about presence for us, always has been. And the presence of God is really what kept us so thankful. <laughs> I'm not going to cry or get emotional about it. This has been very uh, emotional unpacking all this, like, you know, you're thankful, but then you go back and look, and you're like, oh, my gosh, look at what the Lord has done. It was a very lonely season. It was very difficult, but the presence of God is what anchored us. 
And so there was a prophetic word over Michael and I specifically about coming back to this house and to this place. When we first planted, before we actually planted, we came here for a year because we really felt like that's what the Lord had promised us. And Julia and Dad are in the back, way back there. They actually were a part of the handful of people that planted this church, which was Powell Church of God. And so when they started to come with us over in the storefront, they didn't come because we were awesome. They came because we really were doing an awesome thing with kids. Why? Because I had kids. I mean, and so I thought, well, if nobody else comes, we're going to pour into our kids. Michael was driving a school bus, and so we brought in kids from the school bus, and somehow Mac and Leanna got in that mix. And so when they showed up, it just reaffirmed to us, God, you want to bring life and redemption to 8109 Sharp Road. So there's a lot of prophetic promises over this place. And so we knew this day was coming. I knew in 2016 we planted, that's when we started Redemption School of Worship, which we started in the big brick building. When we went in and saw the bar, we were like, oh, this is awesome. We can do church in here. But we realized the other side was like offices. And I thought, I looked at Michael and I was like, we could do the school here. And he was like, yeah. And so we weren't really even looking at the building for that, but it just kind of happened as we walked through it. And so um, the school started in 2016. And I knew in 2016, I had this vision of a ladder coming up out of the roof of this building. And I saw, um, I don't, I I say I saw angels loosely. I knew there was something moving up and down the ladder. How about that? I'll say it like that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is where I will heal Jacob. My son's name is Josiah Jacob. And the Lord had, had walked with us about what it means to wrestle out who you are, because we were in a real period of wrestling. Again, we knew what we wanted to do, but we weren't who we needed to be to produce in the earth the family we wanted to have, if that makes sense. And so we were in a wrestling, and Josiah, you know, was kind of a picture of that, of the next generation who is currently wrestling out identity, unlike any generation I've ever seen before. And the Lord said, this is where I will heal Jacob. I knew, okay, we're going to be on that hill. God's going to move us to that hill. And he did in 2018. This was the first service. Michael's dad passed away in June, and in July 23rd was our first Sunday here. And so this is what the stage looked like. This is what it looked like pretty much all the time Michael was here growing up, except for it had red carpet at some point, but anyways. Long time ago. So we knew the school. It was just a... Just the Lord spoke to me, there's a deficit of worship in the earth, and I want to use y'all to offset that deficit. At the time, we were traveling a lot, so I thought, ooh, we're going to get a bus, and we're going to be worship artists and travel the world. And, and God quickly just began to show us it's through the next generation. And so we launched the school, and so we're raising up worshipers, and... Um, the majority of people on a regular Sunday that are playing and leading up here are the next generation, and they've grown so much in their gifting and and who they are and identity and purpose and just healing Jacob. You know, we've we've just we've just focused so much in 
on worship and encounter. We've had so many hours of worship days, nights, uh, 12 hours, 24 hours, worship nights outside at, on the corner down there. And so worship has just been such an emphasis. Um, do we want to play that clip? Or no? Yeah, real quick. Just let me, can I set it up or are you going to set it up? Well, I'm going to jump into this in just a minute. This stuff we were talking about. Great. Okay. So 2015 is when we went to the high school, right? So 2012 when we planted, we're three years into the journey. And uh, there was this pocket of time in 2014 where Michael and I were connected to a 90-day outpouring in Chattanooga. And for us, it was, I don't think we've ever wanted to quit something so bad, but like thinking, this has got to get better. <laughs> this has got to get better. <laughs> it was not getting better. But anyways, um, when I say the presence of the Lord anchored us, I mean, truly, he just, we saw zero fruit for a very long time, but the presence of the Lord was increasing, if that makes sense. The presence of the Lord and God would send, it felt like every other day we would get a phone call from some prophetic voice in our life, or we would be in somewhere out where nobody knew us, and they, would, they always would say the same thing, and we're like, okay, we're not crazy. <laughs> God is saying this but anyways in this window of time 2014 we were traveling to Chattanooga I think we missed two services in the entire 90 days completely transformed Michael and I and our three oldest at the time were filled with the Holy Spirit and really had even no training on that I hadn't even talked about that with our kids they were seven eight nine but we were just in a real precious move of God and the the speaker that was there we got connected to loosely I say but he didn't know really our name he he knew we were from Knoxville and that we had been there but that's really all he knew and so he gives this prophetic word and this was kind of one of the strongest stakes in the ground if you will it, it really kept us grounded until I'd say honestly if I'm speaking on from my point of view till about 2018 when we got here there was a real shift when we got here just a seizing of promise and real movement forward so I would say from 2014 to 2018, this was one of the things we just rehearsed and fought with. You know, you're supposed to fight with the prophetic word God gives you and contend and believe, and this was that word for We'd us. We'd even contemplated um, just merging our church. We were so desperate for leadership and felt so uh, incompetent and incapable that we were like, just... Somebody take our church over, you know, let us be a, a campus for another church. And so we're meeting with a pastor we'd been on staff at, and we were saying, do you just want to make this a campus church? We don't know what to do anymore. And so one of the contingencies was, um, was just really changing the name and making it this different church. And Jahan and I just, just felt so much that it was supposed to be Redemption Life. And... Um, and so just listen in this prophetic word. This person had no idea that wrestling, had no idea the name of our church. Um, and so that was just something that just, again, affirmed that God saw us and had sent us. And play it, guys. And we'll come back to these pictures in just a second. Just a couple more.
God sent Knoxville, like Fort Knox, has a treasury of resources that are going to begin to be released into the nation. And I saw Knoxville, like Fort Knox, and I heard, oh God, I heard the Lord say, a treasure of the supernatural is going to begin to be released out of Knoxville in the name of the living God. Father, I declare that Knoxville is burning with the flames of revival. I declare that the spirit of religion and the voice of Jezebel is being dethroned by the power and the authority of the Most High God. And I declare, Mon that redemption, life and redemption are coming together in Knoxville in the name of Jesus. I declare that the life of the redemption of God is coming forth with great force in the city of Knoxville. And I declare that it will not be able to be stopped by a religious force or religious voice. But I declare a new authority is being released into the city of Knoxville to the glory of Almighty God. scouring the land already. God already had you on a scouting mission. You've been faithful to bring your group here. We're going to load an army up. We're going to bring them to Knoxville. And God said, I'm going to do more in three nights than you'd be able to do in three years. God's going to give a great harvest of souls into the city of Knoxville. I say that the foothills are burning with the smoke of the fire in the mountain. In Jesus' name. Your yes will be louder than that city's no in the past. Your yes will be louder. Come here, Jahan. Come here. We'll be louder than the no of the past in the name. Come here, David. Ho! 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 <laughs> Anybody else from Knoxville, come stand right here just as fast as you can get here. Go ahead, Marlon. Go ahead, Marlon. Come stretch your hands this way. Knoxville's burning. UT burning. UT burning. UT burning. Take your hands out of your pocket. Lift your hands. So for 90 days, um, it's like we were doing nothing and going nowhere, but we were so hungry for the presence of God. And we, I remember we didn't have any money or anything. We literally rented a charter bus to take people to Chattanooga. We were shuttling people to Chattanooga, bringing, bringing a whole group from Knoxville to Chattanooga. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's a big church, but I just want to be a conduit that gets people into the presence of God. There's a very specific call and assignment, and it's against religion. 
and it's against Jezebel spirit. And um, in in Matthew 21, and we've got a hustle. Matthew 21, just is where Jesus flips the tables over. And uh, you know they were they were bartering and buying and selling. What they were doing is like they were trying to sell people better sacrifices. Like you had, you know, you got to buy our dove if you want to make a sacrifice. So they were being impediment to people feeling adequate to go into the presence of God. They were being a restrictive force and a restrictive thing. And so Jesus flipping those tables, you see right after he flips the tables that all the sick came in and they were healed. So there was, that, was, that was preventing people coming into the presence of God and encountering him and their lives being changed. And so um, there's such intentionality um, with where we are and what God has cultivated in us. Sometimes it may come across as casual. It's not casual. It's very intentional. It's not passive. It's very intentional. It's not soft and it's not weak. It's very strong and it's very fierce. I hear this stuff talking about uh, limp-wristed preachers and passive preachers if we're not angry enough and mean enough and hard enough. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in high places. And with those, I'm fierce. But with people, I hope I say soft and tender and receptive and lead them to him. So I was just thinking in some of the moments where people think maybe it's soft or even indecisive or doesn't really know what he thinks or believes, there's such an intentionality in I just saw, like, there's blood dripping off of a sword. We're covered with sweat. We're covered with tears. And our hand is cleaved to the sword in that moment that appears a moment of weakness. Or an I don't know. When I say I don't know, that is an absolute offensive attack against the spirit of religion. It's intentional. When I don't take a dogmatic stance on every single thing that comes across the board and people say you've got to be more da-da-da, I'm being that. That's why I'm saying I don't know about that because I'm not going to build tables. I'm not going to build walls. I'm going to tear those things down. And so that's the heart of this place. It's love God. And we've always said... I, I, I said I'm not going to say it this time. We say it every single week. You can just go look at the website. There's a saying we say, blah, blah, Anyway, but uh, you're going to to know him is to love him. I don't need to tell people you need to love God better and show it by your outward behavior. All I need to do is help you know him more. And if you know him more, you'll love him more. And it will change your life from the inside out. And so, you know, he said you've made it a den of robbers. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come that you have life and you have it more abundantly. That's talking about leaders there, 
are thieves, not just Satan. Yes, they're operating under his control, but it's leaders um, become thieves and robbers when they manipulate people and become an impediment to them knowing God. Through their trying to coerce and build their own kingdom, they are thieves and they are robbers, and that's the tables that he flipped over. That first Sunday, they showed a picture of, you see a table sitting up here. What you don't know, people think, man, he's just a, a rebel. He just wants to throw away everything that's traditional. I had him move my dad's pulpit over there and put my little table up here. And then I sat right there and cried. Said, I can't do it. Put that pulpit back. Put my table to the side. I want to carry on tradition. I want to honor my dad. I want to be like him. And then that conviction, I said, no, you got to put it this way. We moved it five times. Before I said, I have to have the strength to move this pulpit. I have to have the strength to wear tennis shoes. I have to wear the strength, have the strength to wear a ball cap. I have to have the strength to go against my own preferences and thoughts and ideology and flip the table so people won't have an impediment to coming to him. It's not a casualness. It's an intentionality. There's a purpose behind it. There's a reason for it. And it's just to get people into his presence. And we're going, in the next 10 years, I really received the word Clem gave, the next 10 years are a building, a pruning, a developing. In the next 10 years, I believe we're handing it off. So I feel like I have 10 years of building left, and I think we're going to be able to hand it off and walk side by side with the next generation and see them take off with it. Um, so... September the 18th, we're going to start on Sunday nights, Sunday night encounters, and we're just going to go after God. I was having lunch with Pastor Steve Fado from Awaken City. He's so hungry for a move of God, a father in this city, and our hearts have just been knit together, and he's like the the culture and the spirit of that house is so hungry. He's like, I want to be a part. I want to sow into what God wants to do. That's unthinkable and unheard of for a pastor to say that to another pastor. So he's going to partner with us, and we're just going to have a blast. We're just going to call it Sunday Night Encounters, and starting September the 18th, we're going to come in at 6 o'clock. We're going to open the doors at 5.30. And uh, we're not trying to formulate it or say it's going to be this or be that. But we want to see a genuine move of God. We want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. And transformation and salvation and freedom and deliverance. And so that's what's coming. In New Year's Eve, we're going to have our Better is one day, 24 hours 
of prayer and worship. I believe that's something for the city, not something for this church, and I'm going to keep contending for that. I believe it's supposed to be a city-wide encounter where we consecrate 24 hours going from one year into the next year, and we just worship nonstop, and we pray, and we intercede, and we read, and we sow, and we do all those things. So I'm super excited for that. And um, we're going to build or move. Or both. Or both. But I believe in this semester, we're talking about vision for this semester. We're going to build or we're going to move or both. And because uh, even if we move, this is an amazing place. And we already have plans drawn to build a two-story building off the back of this building that would house church offices and more classrooms and a cafeteria. And you guys would probably get the get biggest shout of the day, a commercial kitchen. So we're going to do it, and it's going to happen. Uh, Clem, when Clem was here, he gave a prophetic word about the school. How many of you were here for that? Anybody remember that? So um, we believe in the vision of an RSW. Currently, RSW's at max capacity. We can do no more. We can't bring any more kids in because we don't have anywhere to put them. We don't have anywhere to store, do the things that are in our heart to do. And so that's why we say we're going to build and or move. <laughs> there is a facility that we believe, much like this hill was promised, that God has promised us. There is, let me be very clear, there is not a real estate negotiation going on. There is what I believe is spiritual inheritance. Yeah. And I don't know why God attached mine and Michael's name to it, but we really believe God's going to give it to us. And we're waiting on the Lord. Two weeks before we moved up this hill, there was a prophetess in our life at the, na uh, at the time named Prophetess Joy. She's with Jesus now. And she was just real faithful to be one of those voices. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, you know, when you want to quit. But she called two weeks before his dad passed away. And she was notorious when you would answer the phone, she'd just start yelling at you. And you're like, you know, and so she was awesome. Man, I miss her. But Michael answered the phone, and I remember being in the bathroom, and he's in the bedroom, and I hear his phone just, and I was like, who is that? You know, it's you know, and she says. I can just hear some of them saying now, I wish he'd answer my call. <laughs> let it go. Hey. Let it go. And I just want to say, I wish every time you called me, you were just going to tell me what the Lord was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Anyways. I couldn't miss her cause. No, you couldn't. No. Anyways, she says, Michael says, hello. And she says, the land is crying out. The land is crying out. And Michael's like, okay. <laughs> and she says, if your children were crying out, would you not answer your children, says the Lord? The land is crying out. And, and I'm like, does she not know the land is currently inhabited by a pastor and his 25 people, and we can't just show up and be like, the land is crying out. <laughs> move, we're here to move in. Can't do that. That's not how that works. And so 
I was very angry and frustrated with her phone call. I was like, what do you suggest we do, Holy Spirit? We feel like you've made us a promise. We feel like it, we're not doing Absalom. We're going to trust the Lord to do this whenever he says do it. If it's now, if it's 10 years from now. And we, uh, we would always go back to this jar of dirt that we would pray and just say, God, this is your land. You've promised it to us that we had gotten a year before because she called and said, go get dirt and put it in a jar and believe God for the land. And we're like, I snuck up here in the middle of the night and dug a hole. <laughs> Nobody knows. So and I say that to say two weeks before it looked. No, I mean, seriously, she called me at one in the morning and said, go right now. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I forgot yes, ma'am. Anyways, I remember when she called two weeks before it looked as impossible as it had ever looked. But it was a suddenly moment. It was a suddenly. I really believe that about what, what, is, hap what is going to happen. I believe it will be a suddenly moment. Um, I have more dirt in a jar. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> and I believe God has made us a promise. However, Michael has vision for this place. And if we move, it doesn't negate that this place could still be the ladder, the school where God wrestles with Jacob. It's in a residential area. It would be amazing for this to, to remain the school. Whatever. We don't have it all figured out. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But we will either move and or build. And that's how you can start praying. <laughs> yeah, the word was the school. Was, would be bigger than the church. Yep. And, and we just, we believe that. Bigger impact on the world as we raise up worshipers. And so it's in our heart, it's been in our heart to have um, adult school, young adult school, internship, training. And so, so much stuff is in our heart for that. And so that's where we're going. Um, we were supposed to stop before now because we are so... Um, honored today. Before I do that, because I don't want to come back to this, um, we had just a token today, and um, we paid extra for something to be shipped here to put these keys on. You know what it means when you pay extra online to get something shipped? It means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. It means you paid more money just for the fun of it. That's what it means. Um, but these are keys to the church. We want everybody here to have a key. Just as a symbol. Yeah, it won't work. <laughs> I say I don't know about a lot of stuff, but I do know better than that. So, but just want it to be a symbol of the authority, the access that we want you to have into his presence, but also into the, the heart of this place and the encounter in this place. We want you to take ownership, to take authority. We want you to, to come in. This is home. This is home. And we want it to remind you of that and... Your keychain will be here in a couple of days, <laughs> maybe. 
and uh, you can put it on it. You can put it with the other, put your other keys on it, and um, that'll be great. But what I I want to make sure we're gonna we're gonna have to take a little extra time today, and I swore that we wouldn't. But oh, real quick, go through the rest of those. Just boom, boom, boom. So. You kind of, that was our first Sunday. This was later on. We knocked that back wall out and keep going. Great. You keep going. This was tearing everything else out, tearing the drop ceiling out, tearing these rooms out that are on the side of the stage. Is that it? That's it. Awesome. And so that's where we are now. We want to keep building, keep growing. So I mentioned earlier, far flung tin can, and um, just such an amazing connection for us in a time that could not have been a better time for that connection, and just made us come alive, made us feel value and um, part of the larger church, that we weren't on an island all by ourselves. which, crazy, I mean, you're thinking your job is across seas. In other countries, but that's what you guys did for us right here was connected us. And so um, I'm going to let Kyle share, share in just a minute. C- just come on up. Kyle, Philippi, uh, founder, Far Flung Tin Can. Yes. And uh, people ask me all the time what that means, and I try to explain it. And I don't know if I get it or not, but it's a can on a string, and you fling it, so it brings connectivity. And I always say, you can put money in the can when you throw it too, (laughs) you know. But from just watching Kyle for for years now, he he had a vision to, um, I won't put it in my terms, and you can correct me, this is what I see it as, just... Um, bridging the gap between the local church and missionaries in the field, like like bringing, making the world smaller and making them not alone and making them connected and um, letting them have family and resources. And so he makes documentaries from um, missionaries and missions around the world, but these documentaries are not like, here is... Susie, feeding kids. These documentaries are like, they do capture the heart of what's happening in these missions, but like, they're so entertaining. You could just watch it. You could go pay and watch it like at a theater for fun. I mean, it's entertaining. It's amazing. Uh, There's so many people that are involved with this and blessed uh, in this that are creative, talented people. Jahan um, was able to contribute and sing and be part of that. We did a we did a together project in Guatemala. Um, Paul and Chloe, they all wrote a song, and that's got to be on a project. So we always say we have a little bit of influence, and we're doing something around the world, even just by contributing in that, but far under what we really want to do. And uh, it's amazing. God's really been prompting my heart. And then VBS this year, Jahan did around the world, all around the world. And every night we just... I didn't even know she was doing that till I was supposed to play Kyle one night. And I just thought I was being Kyle, some generic character. And then I start reading it, and I'm like, I'm Kyle Philippi? That, I've always wanted to be Kyle Philippi. 
That's so cool. But they highlighted all these missions, and, and uh, what's crazy is, like, I put that on, and then Cal shared with us what's happening right now, and I know next week is Love People, and we really want to target what we're doing in missions and just connecting people, but this is a, a, an immediate situation. He's leaving Tuesday to go to the Philippines, and, and I'm going to let him tell that, and then I want to come back and tag that. Just bear with us just a minute, please. You don't want to miss this. This is, this is so essential to this day. Yeah, so we, we pick up a new project about every year when there's not a pandemic. And um, we've been looking at Oceania area. We've just been like scouring these islands, like, God, where do you want to send us? And we met so many amazing missionaries, but we want to partner with them for 40 years. And so we just keep going and going. And God always just, people are like, how do you find the missionaries that you find? And I, I, I don't know. It's always so random. And someone that I know that's in Far Flung who has someone that goes to their church, their dad has a ministry in the Philippines. So I'm always just like, yeah, okay. We met our, our Thailand missionary from a Super Bowl party. So like, I'm like, okay. And they just start telling me, he said, my grandfather was a pastor in the Philippines, wasn't even spirit-filled. And someone who was spirit-filled came to his house and just start prophesying over him. And he was like, what is, what is happening? And the Lord gave him this vision to start planning a church on every island in the Philippines. And there's 7,000 islands in the Philippines. And so he was just like, okay. And he just starts doing it. And he got, does it and does it and does it. And the Lord just keeps multiplying all internally with no outside help. He then passes it on to his son who runs it now. They've built over 1,000 churches. Wow. Uh, planted them and now govern these 1,000 churches. And they ha don't have any outside help. Just done it internally. And we just want to come in, tell their story, put fuel on the fire, and just see how many more churches we can build. And what, what can we do to have – we don't want to change their vision, and we don't want to adjust it. We, we literally just want to put fuel on their fire. And so we're going there to tell that first story. And then starting next year, people can just sign up on a trip on the website and be like, I want to go and help what's happening in the Philippines. So we'll be trucking around lots of mountains and islands. So how many week. countries now? Thirteen. Thirteen projects that Far Flung is partnering with, funneling resources to, constantly bringing them before the local church. Uh, they've got in-state um, missionaries here that are just just out doing that, right? Yeah. Just just uh, informing and generating. And uh, this t Together project we went to in 2015, they brought all the missionaries they're partnering with together. And, I mean, it was just so family, just seeing their heart. It's such, such, such a powerful, powerful thing. And um, literally, um, just like you said, that guy has a heart to plant 7,000 churches, and he just started. That's what Kyle does. That's how Kyle inspired me. He always just goes forward. In, and... Jahan is more that way. I need, I, I, I'm a planner and strategizer, and we would never do anything. And Jahan may do something halfway, and I fight her the whole time, and then when we're done, I'm like, I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> that was so much better than not doing anything at all. And so I've just seen Kyle just run through walls, just go for it all the way, and what he's done 
is absolutely insane yeah. over these last. How can people watch the films? The films, and now we have a, uh, a, an entire TV series. So um, you can go on our YouTube channel, and there's they're all there. You okay. can just, just watch them for free and just okay, subscribe. Awesome. And they're always putting them out. And they wow. have a kid's channel now. We have a kid's channel, and we've lo we lost our minds during the pandemic, and we like made these custom uh, puppets, <laughs> really expensive puppets, and we <laughs> shoot the show all over the world. And there's versions of us, but they're animal puppets. And we shoot them in like negative 20 degrees in the Arctic. And we're looking over our shoulder to make sure a polar bear doesn't come. And we're filming with a fake polar bear. It's crazy. But if you look up adventures with Far Flung, we think that your kids should be thinking about missions before they go on a trip. Yeah. Like way before they could even travel. They should have it in your heart that it's important to help others and that God wants to do something in the world. So yes. Far Flung, they do trips every year. You can sign up for trips. How many y'all usually run? Like uh, there's 17 trips this year. 17 trips. Oh, I just my heart to these stop. projects around the world. Wow. Um, did, I mean, literally, if Kyle was not going to be out of the country, I just wanted him to take the whole service next week. What a better love people service than that. It would have been so amazing. Just the stories that he can tell, yeah. the things he can share is so amazing and so powerful. But the reason it's so important, we, we, we started talking just after I just said, hey, look, I'm Kyle, and hey, look, we love you guys, and we hadn't connected in a long time, and he said, well, we're trying to go to the Philippines, and he told me this story, and I'm leaving next week, and I just put the whole thing on a credit card, because God said go. And he needs 10 thousand dollars to highlight this missionary in the Philippines. And Jahan immediately was like, well, we'll help some. Uh, obviously, we can't do 10,000. And I was like, why would you ever say that? <laughs> Lack is not our problem, right? And I, ever since we had a conversation, I just have this absolute stirring that God wants to do a miracle today. And that we can be a part of this, planting 7,000 churches in the Philippines. You talk about gas on the fire. I mean, just send, I mean, this is going to literally, no outside help, and they did 1,000. What would happen if, if Far Flung gets this in front of the world, and people just see, and people catch the vision of this? And so this is like the grassroots going in, and just bringing that back and so being, you know, we can't do the whole 7,000 ourselves, but we, we could be such an instrumental part of, like, making this happen, getting this out there. I'm telling you, we've seen it. I mean, if a, if a ministry is highlighted, it just, I mean, it just goes through the roof. Support goes through the roof. People... Uh, we love watching Homestead Rescue and these different rescue. Anybody like watching stuff like that? You, uh, rest, uh, restaurant things I've watched, you know. And these people come in and you're, you're just on your last, you're, you're, you're on a thread. You're hanging on. You've tied a knot in the end of the rope. And then somebody comes in and they just invest in you and speak to you and, and, and just get your story out and let people know you're there. And we have that opportunity. Thank you. 
we have that opportunity today. And so um, I just, I'm not trying to make something happen. I just believe something's going to happen today. And I believe our church is going to, to, to be able to meet this need. Just pro- prophetically speaking, there's a word over this place. I don't know that we've ever said it out loud to you all. But there's a word over this place that we would plant many churches. And I just think it is the timing of the Lord as coming into our 10th year when I, I believe the baby tree is transitioning for, to a more mature tree, that God would give us an opportunity to sow into an organization that's planting thousands of churches. And I believe, um, you know, people always say, name your seed. <laughs> I do believe that mul- there's multiplication and increase attached to this opportunity today, not just for Far Flung and, and for this organization, but to you and to your house specifically. It shouldn't be about what you get out of it, but God does say when we come to him, believe he is and that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He, he, he does draw us in with rewards, and there is increase and multiplication attached to the opportunity today. But we want to give you an opportunity. I to just show. see. I mean, we're gonna flip a lot of tables in the Philippines. Yeah. We're gonna flip a lot of tables. We have an opportunity to flip a lot of tables in the Philippines. So if you want to do a check, you're gonna write it to FFTC. Far flung tin can. FFTC. <laughs> or if you want to do it digital giving, you can also do FFTC, like an amount, and then attach FFTC to that. So just. Open your text in the message area. Put whatever the number, you know, dollar sign numbers. And then at the end of it, put FFTC and, and 284321. And we're going to make a deal now that when he gets back and he settles and he processes, we're going to have him back here to hear some stories. How about that? Hear some stories about what God's what God does there, and other stories of what God's already done. But I want to open the altar. If you want to come grab a key, a home key, a house key, and if you need to do a cash or check, do it up here. Oh, Awesome. Um, before y'all come and grab a, a key, can we have all any teachers in our school systems come up to the front and all of our kids that are returning to school? Um, Emily's going to go fetch him. We want to just pray over you and bless you. You're about to start school this year. And we want to just speak the word of the Lord over you. Paul and uh, Rudy, if you'll come up here. Kids, teachers, thank you, Kyle. Thank you. Kids, why don't y'all grab a key first? We're going to sing a prayer over them this morning. Over them. The kids are coming in. Why don't we go ahead and set up a way to give uh, at the exit? Somebody, if somebody can put a bucket for me on a table, maybe take this table over here. 
And uh, here you go. Put that in a. Put Look that how in wealthy we are, church. Look how wealthy we are, church. My goodness. Listen, if you're going to a college campus, you count. You're going to one of the darkest places on the map right now. Amen. So if you're going to college and you want prayer, get up here. I know there's a lot and they're all crammed in here, but if we could get just one hand on every shoulder, we may have to like spread out, but I want us to really like actually lay hands on them and bless them and pray over them. We're going to sing this over them. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.